Hi, it's DM Bill, and as you can tell, I am not impressed. Why, you may ask? Because it's what us old folks do. You want to know what does impress me? Besides a full night's sleep without a trip to the bathroom, every two hours, online shopping. That's right, online shopping impresses me. There's nothing I like more than clicking on the doodads on my jitterbug phone and buying the latest D&D books and gaming accessories from Amazon and having it delivered right to my door. That's darn convenient. Next time your kids are on your Twitcher book or Facey time, impress DM Bill and head on over to our website, thedungeonmastersdojo.com, and do some online shopping at our Amazon affiliate store. It doesn't cost you anything extra, and it's a great way to support a podcast. See you next time in the dojo. Hi, it's Lou. You know, the good-looking one with a full head of lush hair? I'm taking a break from filling DM Scott's shampoo bottle with Nair. To tell you about our new website, thedungeonmastersdojo.com. There, you'll find a host of awesome things, including a picture of me. Every third Friday of the month, a new blog post related to gaming comes out. Interested in getting caught up on the podcast episodes? You'll find those on the website, too, as well as other interesting information. Head on over to thedungeonmastersdojo.com and pay us a visit. Send us a message, too. We'd love to hear from you. Now, if you excuse me, I have to take the batteries out of DM Bill's hearing aid. See you next time in the dojo. Scott, where are we? Scotland. This is not Scotland. I've uh, I've been to Scotland. No, Scots land. I bought a domain of dread. You bought a what? domain of dread. Yeah, I uh, found it on Craigslist. I used Lou's credit card. He left it on the coffee table again. We're creating a domain of dread this week on the Dungeon Masters Dojo. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Dungeon Masters Dojo podcast. This is a show for game masters and players alike. We hope to bring you tips and tricks to elevate your game and develop the art of dungeon mastery. I'm your host, Louis Aponte, and these are your Dungeon Masters, Scott Labby and Bill Robitaille. Let's head to the dojo and see what they have in store for us today. Have any of you seen my credit card? I thought I left it on the end table over here. Oh, oh sorry, I didn't see it. Nope. No. Uh, yeah, no. no. Uh, weird. Yeah. Oh, geez. Keep oh, track of things, dude. Yeah. I mean, keep it in your wallet. Did you look in the, your sock? Or your to, hat? I'll check my other uh, suit. Maybe it's there. Yeah, probably. Yeah, no likely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, that's probably where that's it is. Yeah. Better hope no one got a hold of it. I mean... Fraud protection. Yeah, yeah, just yeah, I, I have all that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. good. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, I, I, I'd put a stop. You know, cut that thing out, right? Yeah. yeah. But th- did you get my list? Yeah. Yeah, we got your list. Oh, gee, yeah. Thanks, Wait, Lou. Yeah, getting my shit together. What do you? What <laughs> About do you, time. What do yeah. you? Yeah. Yeah. It, stop being grumpy. Yeah. Well, that's not a you, bad you idea. Might, actually, you might. You might as well just tell me stop breathing. Yeah. Well, he told me that last <laughs> week too. Apparently, my breathing bothers him when he edits. Sorry. This is a big week for us, huh? It is. This is like one year of podcasting. It's monumental. Yeah. I mean, who would have thought um, that anybody would want to hear us talk about anything at all? I know Lou's pretty sick of us, but, you know, we we ignore him anyways. Yeah, so. I, 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 yeah I mean, I don't know why. I think we're pretty great. Awesome comes the word. Yeah. 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 We're we're awesome. And we're moving on. But you guys are awesome. One year, I'm happy. Yes. One, you yeah. know, and it all right, I've said this a couple times to you people, but I'm not gonna say it to what everybody. Do you, mean, you people. This sounds worse than I do sometimes. <laughs> I'm old, I can say that. I've said a number of times that it doesn't feel like a year. It still feels new. I've uh, I've said the phrase. It still has that new podcast smell. Yeah, yeah, it does. Um and and I th- I think we're doing okay. I mean, uh, no one sent us uh, death threats. No one knew anyway. Um, <laughs> well, I, just, I get threats. those all the time, <laughs> usually from the neighbors. 
I think, you know, thank you everybody for listening and being supportive. We made some awesome friends along the way that have been super supportive to us in this. Um, the uh, D20 to Curtain folks. Yep. Um, Aaron and Jared over at um, Level Up Your Gaming Podcast. Zach and, and, and his crew over at Bite Size Gaming. There's the Fool's Quest crew. Fool's Quest. And 307. 307. You're supposed to be, like, hanging out with them. Yeah, I'm going to be hanging out with them in another week or so. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. Um, Dave over at Retro RPG Reviews. Scott Legault. Yep. Um, the Nerdarchy guys. Nerdarchy. Yeah, David Dead. DM Scotty. Matt uh, Fillion. Visited Matt. Um, Matt, uh, my my new favorite author. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't... Did we get every everybody no mr johansson how could we forget the quintessential 80s action hero himself because he supports psionics huge rot matthias johansson the one and only um thanks everybody for for being supportive and we made some thank you for being our friend yeah Which one of the Golden Girls is Lou? I'm, I'm going for I'm going for the slutty one. Oh, uh, Blanche. <laughs> yeah. Why do I know that? <laughs> well, they're in your age category. There. Yeah, probably. I I I used to date a still guy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Bill's broken a hip or two in his day. We were also um, interviewed by Drip It. Drip It, Carla over yep. at Carla reached out to us. I met Carla on. On on some Facebook group, and I forget which one, and she's like, I want to interview you guys. And I was like, for real? And she's like, <laughs> <Why>? yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, okay. Uh, so we had a great time with, with Carla for uh, our interview over at DripIt.com. It was, it was actually a really cool experience. And she's awesome. And DripIt is our first sponsor. Anchor doesn't really count. No, because that's they, an automatic thing. Yeah, with them. yeah. And uh, but Drip It is our first ever sponsor. So uh, Dan over at Drip It and Carla, um, thank you guys very much for being so supportive of the podcast. Check Believe, us out. Believing that anyone's going to actually listen to yes, us. Yes, yes. And uh, <laughs> Carla's been nothing but flattering. Um, we're going to have to. I, I, I told her she's going to have to play with us when we get together and do another online game, Carla's, uh, she's got no choice. She's going to have to come and play. Yeah. 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 Uh, the, we'll, the, we'll like the alternative is we show up at her house at her, and ring her doorbell <laughs> and it'll be embarrassing for her and her family, us, us showing up and it's, it's a long drive. Uh, so Bill will be especially cranky, which will make it even more embarrassing. But yes. Cause the first um, thing I'm going to ask for is the bathroom. Yep. And that's, that could be, <laughs> Dangerous. Yes, that'll be that'll be bad. at least they won't have to peel the paint to get the bathroom painted. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> so it it's been uh it's been a pretty pretty good year. It's 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 been fun. Uh the pandemic gave birth to the Dungeon Masters Dojo, so you know uh Silver Lining? Yeah, something good came something out like of it. There were a lot of good things that came out of it, I I think. Um not just the the DMD, but a greater appreciation for the service industry that had to work through the whole uh, pandemic. You're you know? welcome. Yep. Nurses, housekeepers, doctor, everybody, everybody who worked through that pandemic. You know, I think there's a greater appreciation for the jobs that they do, um, and that was before all of these vaccinations. So that was pretty good. Yes, it was. It was a good opportunity to stay connected with, with, with friends as well doing this. Um, unfortunately, not our entire gaming group, but it's it's pretty large. Uh, but the three of us got to um, uh, throw caution to the wind. <laughs> to and, hang there. Yeah. And, <laughs> Socially uh, distance a bit. Yeah, a bit. Um, far less than the six-foot distance. <laughs> I can still reach over and smack Scott. Yeah, he has. A couple uh, times, actually. Yeah, he's mean. I find it comical. Yeah, you're mean too. Well, I've t- anytime like a friend strikes another friend, I'm, you know, just you know, loving. Our our love is tactile. Yeah, yeah, not the good kind either. <laughs> but on to the show. 
Uh, Domains yeah. of Dread. We're, uh, we're creating. The whip. Yep. Yeah. There he goes again. We're creating a domain of dread, and we just created a dark lord. So we did. why not make this her domain? It would make sense, right? It would. It would. Um, we did the, the dark lord off the cuff. We did. did. We there's one of those. I mean, we didn't talk about it ahead of time. We just kind of went with it. And we had fun. I think we did a decent job. I think we did too. Uh, given a couple of weeks of really, uh, you know, and writing and pads and the whatnot, we probably could have done better. But for an off the cuff, I think it's 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 pretty good. And we totally went off script from what Van Richten's guide suggested. Yeah, I but think that's we, okay. I think we took off on our creation tangent that we often use. Then we went, looked at the book and went, "Oh yeah, we covered all these." <laughs> Yeah, and, and the stuff that that guide that they put in here um, on how to create a Dark Lord, I think, is really good for a relatively new DM, someone who's uh, doesn't have you know decades of experience. Actually, I think it kind of comes in handy even for someone that does have a little experience. So if we go off script on on this one, which we're going to, we're going to. I mean, it's just going to happen. Don't forgive worry. us, yeah, yeah. Forgive us. <laughs> this is what happens when old men start talking. That's right. We don't have to follow all these rules. We're old. In my case, I can't see most of them. That That is true. They don't have large print Wizards of the Coast books, which is a shame because what's going to happen when we're in the home? Um, audio books. Audio books. Yeah, and uh, uh, providing we can hear still. Well, you can always do what I do at home. Hook up your laptop to your TV and project it there. 65-inch TV becomes a nice monitor. You don't you don't have people that just read to you while you know you're being fed grapes. I give them a little break every now and then. I don't believe that. I give you a break, don't I? No, 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 <laughs> no. no. Oh, I, I don't give them breaks. Then you're right. I don't. Terrible working conditions. So let's uh, let's get started. So if you we shall. have not listened to our our creation of a dark lord, please go and do that. Shame on you. Yep. Stop now. Yeah. Put this on pause. Go and listen to the other one, then come that. back. Come back in like 45 minutes, and uh, we'll wait for you. Yeah, okay. Hurry up. Did you see the price of lumber? Isn't that ridiculous? It's effing crazy. Yes. Okay. All right. With any luck, they're back. Thank you very much for coming back. Glad you finally caught up. Uh, you are up. forgiven. Okay, the episodes are numbered. I mean, Follow them in line. Yeah, All right. come on, guys. Jeez, Get jumping around. What the hell's wrong with better you? better than this. You're going to piss me off. All right. So, yeah, what else is new? That's the baseline <laughs> is pissed. We're creating a domain of dread. Feel free to go ahead and do this yourself. One of the wonderful things about being a dungeon master is that you can do, uh, within reason, pretty much anything you want. If you want to add your very own domain of dread and your very own Dark Lord, you go right ahead and do that. If you want to borrow our ideas, feel free to do that. We have not yet copywritten them. Lou will get around to that and probably sue you later, but don't worry. For now, you can use it. Oh, yeah. yeah just go for it. Dark Lord Shadows, Bill. Dark Lord Shadows. Dark, What's this all about? Well, Dark Lord lurks in the heart of every domain of the dread. Everything in their realm is inspired by or personalized to them in some way. Some domains might be dismal ruins reflective of past glories. Others might be cheery realms where the Dark Lord is forever an outsider. And still others might embody everything a Dark Lord once strove for and be awful nothingness. So, yeah, um, quick refresher. We have Candace. Candace. She is a, an adorable little 10-year-old girl yeah. who's been alive for a really, really long time. Well, now, yeah, now she's yeah. a Dark Lord, yes. Um, she's been around for a while. Uh, until she, well... She's a 10-year-old girl until she enjoys the throes of your final moments as you expire from the mortal world. Yeah, yeah, you know, after she goes on a mortal rampage, there's a transformation of sorts, and Mm -hmm. she becomes a young woman. Yes. That thing she has always desired to be as long as she can remember, but never had the opportunity to grow up because she's been locked in the body of a murderous 10-year-old. So how do we go about building her domain? Um, we, we already know her manor yeah. house transported with her. 
Yeah. All her people, her, you know, her, her staff, her minions, her matron that runs the household transported along with her. They were all enveloped by the mist, lock, stock, and barrel, her entire estate. So I see this as a, a almost a twisted version of a Disney princess. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, yeah. She is, uh, she's up there with, uh, actually, she probably kicked Belle's ass um, and Pocahontas <laughs> and all those others. But, um, yeah, a uh, Disney on the outside, um, maybe John Carpenter on the inside. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> oh, got a gooey John thinking, Carpenter. I was thinking of Blake Shyamalan, yeah. but, you know, either way, we're good. <laughs> so let's start from the outside and work our way in. Okay. As you step out of the mists and look into the distance on the edge of the estate, what are we going to see? Well, a typical estate, right? Um, well, from the distance, yes. So you'd see the large manor house in the distance. You'd see the the forest about you. Yep. Well manicured lawns. Well manicured lawns. Maybe topiaries. A, a, topiaries. Maybe a garden off to one side yep. where you can see flowers and, yeah. and hedgerows. Roses. And, you know. Roses. Oh yeah, I gotta have roses. Yep. A uh, fountain. Yeah, well, why not? Yeah, and maybe like a... It a, is a manor house. Yeah, a horse-drawn buggy parked out front. There you go. So, from a distance, it looks like just every other manor house. Probably well-kempt. I mean, obviously, the you know, with a manicured lawn and, and a beautiful rose garden. They're Somewhere just, to stay, right? Uh, yeah. It's like, let's go knock on okay, the door. I, I was um, doing whatever I was doing, and this dark mist happened, and then next thing I know, I'm here. So here's a nice house. Okay, let's go knock on the door. So you come down the main road and start getting a little closer. Maybe it's like cobblestones, almost like the yellow brick road, you know, oh, maybe I, well, brightly would, colored. Oh, yeah, you know, just maybe white and lightly tanned, you know, uh, stones. Occasionally done in a, a brief mosaic to look like, I don't know, animals? Anim- yeah, of course. What little girl doesn't like animals? Well, that's it. That's what we have to keep in mind. This was driven by a ten-year-old little yep. girl's mind. Horses, horses. You know, maybe pony. Well, ponies. Yeah, ponies, um, but- bunny bunnies, rabbits. Yeah, yeah. Um, puppy dogs, kitty cats. Yep. Um, all that stuff that little girls <laughs> love and you know think is kind of cute. So that you know, just it doesn't have to be actual mosaic, but. The representation thereof, where it's identifiable. So as you head up towards the house, uh, you get a little closer. And Maybe those topiaries are like animals to bunnies and frogs and oh yeah, cats and puppies. And now are we going to put the topiaries ball? right alongside the road, or are we going to put them in its own garden? Um. From a distance, yeah, you would see, you know, the yeah, bunny maybe, shape. And maybe the, in their their own. I garden. think their own garden. Maybe some rose bushes lining the road. There you go. You know, nice, nice rose bushes. Everything's perfectly fine up to Everything, this point. Up, yes, uh, I know. I feel safe. I I feel an overwhelming urge to have tea and biscuits. There you go. Four and, o'clock. It's almost four o'clock. Uh, High tea. Yep. So as we get a little closer to the house, um, I'm thinking at this point something just doesn't quite look right. Yeah, you know, it's a house, yeah. e- easily a house, but it's it's different. It's like, well, what Ooh. kind of house would a little girl live in? Gingerbread house? Oh, uh, no, 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 no. I got it. I got it. Um, life-size version of a dollhouse. A giant dollhouse sitting there on, on an estate. Like it just came out of like the packaging or something. Yeah, uh, like it came out of the toy store. Yeah, um, I mean, obviously the whole front half of the house isn't missing, so you can look into the rooms. But it has—it doesn't look like a manor house. It looks like a dollhouse. Yeah, a doll. So you know, brightly colored roof, maybe bright, yep. bright colors around there. Um, Pastel colored shutters. Yeah, yeah. The door, front door, is maybe pink or or sky blue or something like that. So I would imagine as one gets closer. They would see this and and find it maybe a little unnerving, kind of an alien sight. You know, not that it's intimidating. Well, but why would someone 
make their house look look like, like a doll this. House. Yeah, yeah, it just that's it could be just an eccentric person. Could be nothing wrong yet, just a little off. So we get a little closer to the house. Well, let me ask you a question then. Oh, if if the house is a dollhouse, yep. uh, what do what do the roses lining the um, lining the walkway oh. look like then? Uh, because certainly they wouldn't be. I don't know roses. Good they would question. look like maybe something that's like one solid piece with like a teacup. A teacup. Maybe they look like teacups. The roses look like the roses. Tea- the flowers themselves. The flowers themselves look like little teacups. Um, cute, but there must be there must be a sinister purpose behind it because, well, it's a domain of dread and it's a dark lord that lives here. So, ooh, okay. Let's see if I'm, someone goes and actually tries to pick one of the flowers. Maybe maybe the roses are. Uh, white, but some of the roses are red. The ones that are red yeah. are full of blood. The ones that are white have not yet drank, but maybe if one were to scrutinize these roses, they would see um, small bones, like from a rabbit or some other small animal. Maybe... Maybe there's an entire hedgerow of these bright red roses and there's a body underneath them. Yeah, you could just make out the you know, the maybe uh the, the bony hand with just a little flesh still on it. Maybe a boot a, here. A and boot there, here, a you ring, know. Yeah. Uh, there. A hip bone, maybe the a, a slightly exposed skull with just the eye socket. Well, what about this? I know you guys said like all the, uh, there was puppies, small animals. What happens when the animals mature, they get brought to this place. Same thing with people. Once they had a certain age, they get brought to the roses, and the roses Oh, feed. yeah, a dog is not, you know, a dog is obedient, but it's not cute. Right. Yeah. A puppy's, you know, a, a kitty, you know, a little kitty kitten is nice and cute, but when it's a cat, they get vicious, and they scratch, and they hiss at you. and So maybe she passes judgment on her citizens, and those that, she has dis uh, that have displeased her. She will simply say, "You have to go to the garden," and that's terrifying because you are. I, I'm sure it's not a quick process. It is, you know, being thrown to the rose bushes and they attach themselves to you, much like a, a mosquito's proboscis. Yep. Yeah. And there you go. with with all those those thorns. Yeah, and it wraps the, around you, the, and each each yeah, thorn the is like one of those. Hold you, yep. um, so you can't leave. You know, they dig into you like the the proboscis of a mosquito, and you can actually see them pulsate as you know they're they're drawing the blood in and swallowing, swallowing the blood little by little. It wouldn't be a quick death. It would not be a quick death because that would be that would be too kind for a domain of dread. True, you know, you, know, you would sit there for. Days slowly being sanguinated. Yes. So there's our rose garden. It's beautiful. So let's move down the road a little closer to the house, shall we? Why not? All right. So we've we've passed the the hedgerow of of roses along the road and realized, hmm, let's not pick those. As we get a little closer off to the right-hand side, we see a beautiful topiary garden. That's the bunnies and kitties and puppies and the whatnot. Yes, but but in large, large, and and maybe people as well. You know, yeah. the one holding an umbrella where umbrella has been propped up into the bush. Someone maybe watering. You know, holding a watering okay. jug. Yep. Another one holding a a, a tea. You know, a, a teapot with a, a over a table full of teacups. So we get a little closer to our topiary, and. Something's not right. Uh, you catch, well, there's a pony over there. It's a pretty little pony. Of course, little girls like ponies. I love we already ponies. established that. As you walk around at your perspective, because the ankle changes a little bit, at one point, that nice little pony, you look again, and the mouth is slowly agape, and you'd swear the vines are forming teeth 
within the pony's mouth. Ponies and don't have teeth. Exactly. And there's maybe a flower that just that's just set inside the greenery. And you look, and there's this one red flower where the eye would be, just for a fleeting moment. And you take one more step, and that visage has, has disappeared. And it once again looks like just a plain little old pony. Yeah, it's from the angle you look at. Mm-hmm. You know, where maybe you just stop and you have to look at it again. I would guess that there might be a an overwhelming feeling that you're being watched. Oh, all the time. Like from everything in here. You might even hear a rustle as if some of them were even moving. Maybe tilting their head just a little bit to get a better look at you. But as you look, I mean, nothing seems to have changed. Or has it? So the... The, the people that look like they're doing fun and enjoyable things, you know, gardening or pouring tea, I would imagine we would experience something very similar to, the, to our pony experience, only perhaps they would be, from a certain angle, they would, look, they would look very sad or hopeless, and then you would pass by, and it's like they're almost featureless, like any other topiary would be. Mm-hmm almost give you the impression that they're prisoners in the garden and not just simple bushes trimmed to look like something. I like it. All right, so Topiary of Doom. Well, we can come back and revisit them later on. Yeah. Let's, I know I could do a lot with that. Let's go inside. Let, let's. So when we walk up the steps, the first thing you notice is there is a, a large life-sized statue of what you would imagine a butler. But it is almost like a giant doll okay. standing outside the door. A little off-putting, mm-hmm. especially when you get closer and you realize that the eyes follow you and it greets you. Oh, I like it where you're going with this. It's um it's it's not a fully articulated doll like you know, like the G.I. Joe's or the Mego dolls we grew up playing with. <laughs> not an action figure by any stretch, but no. almost like uh almost like Ken, you know, there's no joints or anything. <laughs> um there's no facial expressions. It's it's almost like a mannequin that is dressed up, only it's not really wearing clothes, it's all like one molded piece a giant a giant doll with like a giant wooden doll not very articulated and the clothes have been painted upon it yes and it will speak although its mouth will not move it just opens yes i like that and and there's your 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 butler and the door will open although the butler will not touch the door it will merely make a very arthritic looking gesture towards the door to get it to open and say something like the lady has been expecting you or the lady is willing to receive you yes and I, don't th- I, I don't know you just popped out of the mist she's probably not expecting people but she would be willing to receive guests of course guests are fun that's the hospitable thing to do yes so in the door we go Within would probably be a couple maids in the very similar fashion of the butler. Yeah, I could see them having like those round red circles on their cheeks. Yes. You know, like the uh, like the old dolls would, you know, rosy, healthy cheeks. Mm-hmm. Feather dusters. Yeah. And they would kind of uh, very stiffly march about doing their cleaning. And there would be puppies. A lot of... A lot of puppies and a lot of kittens in there, like real ones. Yeah. But oddly enough, no no full-grown dogs or, or cats. Well, of course not. We, we kind of know where they go yeah. already. They go to the rose bushes. They go to the rose bushes. To the garden with them. So the inside of the house must look very much like the furnishings of a dollhouse, I would imagine. I would think so. I think like kind of a Victorian setting. High wing chairs, um, high back, you know, everything with an armrest because, you know, important people sit in chairs with armrests. Gold colored stuff all over the place. Mm-hmm. Maybe wallpaper with yellow ducks on it. 
Pastels. Lots of pastels. Yeah, like Easter colors all over the place. (laughs) How heartwarming. Well, I tell you what, um, before we delve into this just a little bit deeper, why don't we take a quick little break? Yes, we have a new sponsor. We do. Let's hear about Drip It. Let's talk about this week's sponsor. Drip It is an online gaming magazine that focuses on the gamer, not just the games. Join the discussion of Dungeons and Dragons and other tabletop role-playing games, retro gaming, classic gaming, and all those great games that don't get enough attention. Drip It calls itself an inclusive gaming roundtable. Yes, just like King Arthur's Knights of the Roundtable. Regardless of who you are or what you're playing, you are equally deserving of the respect owed to all who do battle in the world of gaming. Check them out at DripIt.com. That's D-R-I-P-P-I-T.com. And we're back. How about that? Our first ever sponsor. I'm all tingly. Yeah, uh, pretty good. I feel wealthy already. Yeah, I've seen the checkbook. Don't. (laughs) It's still nice. We're only just starting. (laughs) So now, you know, we explored the house a little bit. Um, We kind of went a little off script according to um, the Van Richten's guide. But let's... um, let's, We we can visit a couple things here. Well, let's... I mean, we've... It says domain overview. So we've, 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 we've specified the locations. Um... Let's talk culture then, right? Let's, She's got to have like people oh, under her yeah. thumb. Well, yeah, I mean, she has her the people in the house. Um, we we've mentioned in the previous episode she has her matron with her. Yes, kind of like that mother figure, but the matron is the one that kind of is the handler for Candace, the Dark Lord. Yes, uh, she encourages, facilitates her. Her actions. So you had mentioned when you were talking about the um, the the furnishings of the the home, the giant dollhouse, the manor, mm-hmm. if you will, that they were furnished in a uh, Victorian style. So maybe the culture is similar to Victorian England during that industrialization kind of boom. Only it's one big kind of slum that would be on the outskirts of of the industrial works uh because she didn't grow up in luxurious settings oh no we've already determined that she started as a a bastard child in a brothel so maybe as a um constant reminder of where she came from and how terrible her childhood was the entire realm is just like that that Victorian slum. I like it. Narrow streets, gas mm-hmm. gas lights, um, poverty. Always smelling of rancid garbage and refuse in the streets and, and the smoke of, of burning coal and wood. Yes. At that acrid burning sensation in your eyes all the time. There's, you know, maybe bread lines. Uh, it's just this this constant state of being impoverished. And people aren't really uh, living. They're, uh, they're existing. They're, they're, they're eking out um, a life. They're surviving. They're yes. not living. They're surviving. That works. So is there any industry? I would... I would say there is the um, appearance of industry, but there really isn't. There's industry in the backdrop, but it's almost like a map painting. You know, like you can walk. I I was thinking the same thing. You could walk and walk, and off in the distance, you see the smokestacks. Yeah. And you see the billowing smoke, but no matter how far you walk, you never seem to get any closer to it. You never make it to it. You can almost hear the sounds, too. Yeah, this is dull thrum, maybe the occasional bang, 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 bang of metal or something like that. But you you never can make it to the factories. And anyone you ask, well, I don't know. I don't work there. Yeah. Yeah. There's uh, 
you know, rampant unemployment, so they wouldn't really know. Right. Um, so, but there's, yeah, there's, a, there's the illusion of industry, but, uh, but aside from that, maybe just the small little mom and pops, the craftsmen, the, the repair shops, lots of repair shops because everything's in disrepair. Yeah. You'll have your um, tinsmith moving his way from home to home to help, you know, maybe fix a pot or two because no one can afford to buy a new one. So we'll just solder the new pot and off you go. And the knife sharpener that comes from household to household or business to business. But that's that's the size of the big industry. So let's uh, stay in the book for a little bit. Let's answer some questions. Okay. What does the culture fear? besides her besides her you know that would probably be the biggest the biggest fear um would be would be candace i would think so or if not necessarily candace herself the the presence of a being that instead of the boogeyman there's the little girl that comes and watches you die. Yeah. She, she is the topic of, um, like stories around the fire. She's what is used to get, um, disobedient children to bed. Exactly. You know, you get to bed or Candace will come and get you. There's uh there's prayers maybe being said or some, Sort of religious iconography even, hung in homes. Even if it's not Candace, you can do something like the candy girl. Yeah. The candy girl will come and get you. Yeah, because it sounds sweet and sugary, but once you hear the stories, you realize it's not. And maybe there's the reminders that um, she's more than just a uh, fairy tale. Maybe, maybe there's a couple... Uh, or more than a couple people that have raised her ire that maybe were not sent to the rose bush because she was so angry that she didn't want to send them to the rose bush. She wanted there to be a constant reminder that there are things uh, worse than her murderous rampage, worse than the rose bush. Maybe, um, maybe there's there's people walking about that um, are missing eyes. Not that they've been gouged out, but they have been um, willed away. She has this. Oh, so it's not even an eye socket. It is just a fleshy patch where um, almost like, um, again, almost like a mannequin where the paint is rubbed off. Like, uh, you know, an old Greek statue. Mm -hmm. um, Only there's, there's just a fleshy patch there. There's no... There's no eyes. Um, maybe there's faceless people walking around, you know, may, uh, or they are homeless sitting um, under a street lamp rattling a can of coins. Those are all people that have raised her ire. Or what if you realize as you get a little closer, that street lamp is actually growing out the middle of their back. The grim, street, but the, yes. The street lamp and them are one. Yes, um, they have become a permanent fixture in in the city slum mm-hmm. that is that surrounds the the manor house. It is both a punishment for the poor individuals as well as her, because there's uh, only only the beauty of her her manor house. But every window she looks at is the slum that she grew up in. Maybe there's even that that brothel that she grew up in it. Maybe it's called the bleeding building because at the same time, every year, the anniversary of her murderous rampage, there's, there's blood that weeps out the windows and the doors. And no one lives there. No one that you know of it's an all apparent. It's an empty building. It probably looks a little bit more run down than everything else. Or maybe it doesn't look run down. Maybe it looks just fine which makes it stand out even more. It's it's fresh in her memory, a constant reminder. Yep. So there you go. That so there's a little bit to be afraid of. So what what would this culture consider taboo? Prostitution perhaps? Well, definitely. Cuz you can't have that. What else? What else would be considered taboo? Lou has a thought. Maybe what she can what she considers taboo as well as anybody 
being addressed above their station, having coin above their station, or even just having coin that they shouldn't be having because she didn't have it when she was younger. Yeah, nobody will be able to achieve a station close to hers because of that. She has to be the uh, the one with the power and the authority. So if you do have money, you hide it. You don't tell anybody about it. You know, even your family members, you know, you try to keep it away from, from them. And if it's a husband and a wife, it's, you know, you never talk about it amongst yourself. You talk about it in code. And that's even if you do talk about it because you don't know if your family member is going to turn you in that's why I to say try to gain favor. You talk about it in code. So, you know, maybe this is a way we can get out. If we may be able to save enough, we can hire somebody to get us away from here, not realizing you really can't get away from here. And that's, and that's a decent setup for a good adventure is, is that, that premise itself. Mm-hmm. And what is scarce and how do inhabitants compensate for the scarcity? Uh, sunlight, I would imagine, would be scarce. Well, I don't know. I mean, to be able to see everything in the day's light and realize it doesn't look any better in the daylight than it does at night. I can't see it being bright. I can see, yeah, colorful. Except maybe her particular area where it's green and bright and there's sun and it... Well, but, there, there would be sun, but we could be, well, you have the industry belching out all that smoke. Right. I was just going to say there, the same there would, thing. There would be this like haze, this, this fog almost over the city that the, the true sunlight doesn't make it all. It's there. It's bright. You can see the sun, but it's, it's always hazy. And for those individuals that came in, it's going to be a reminder that the mister are always around too, because that's what it's going to remind you of. Mm-hmm. And with with everybody being in a state of impoverishment, you know, a lot of things would be scarce. Food, I imagine, education, coin. Um, how would one make up for a scarcity of food? There would be theft from one another, perhaps. The attempts of gardens. The, the attempts. And, and they would be hiding it. Rooftops, windowsills, maybe that one room that does face south. Off, not next to the window, but back a little bit. There might be just this little wooden box full of dirt in the middle of the floor, where some herbs may be growing, an occasional flower. Do you do you remember? I know you're going to. Do you remember Soylent Green, where Charlton Heston from like 1973 (laughs) or something? When you're talking about these little gardens, I'm I'm remembering that scene where. He was investigating like a murder or something like that, and it was a wealthy guy. So there was, there was an apple there, and some other like fruit, and uh, he brought it home, and he ate like the entire apple, you know, like the core and everything. <laughs> um, and I can see them doing that with the the few like growing things that they're able to kind of eke out of the soil, but I also see there being kind of like that soylent type of of food like a a nutritional wafer that's smushed together that maybe it's not mass produced but people kind of have their own own recipe almost like prison mofungo you know where you're <laughs> you're grabbing whatever you can and yep. and making it into like a a yucky stew or a, a compressed bar of some sort yeah um and that's what the people subsist on most of the time. It's edible, question mark. Yeah. It it fills the void, certainly. Nutritional value, perhaps some days more than others. Depends, but it depends on what made it into the bar today. Yeah, you know, it could be it it could be rat remains, you know, from uh a a, a rat hunt or you know, a pigeon that's caught or whatever have you. Um maybe some some greens that came up in, in, in the home garden, but really unpleasant. What else I could see uh, being kind of taboo is being happy. Yes, especially happy children. Yes, because yeah. that, that would catch her eye. You know, yeah. She yeah. Did, wasn't happy when she grew up. She wasn't in a good place originally. And she's still not. She's miserable because uh, she never achieved adulthood, even though she's thinking kind of in the same way an adult would now. She's just trapped in this childlike body still angry about her childhood being robbed from her, her, her form, a constant reminder. Well, I could see, I could see the laughter of children grating on her. 
Yes. Just the laughter of children. You know, once your kids you start playing, they've learned to do so quietly. They'll smile. There might be a giggle, but but all out laughter. Anyone that hears it turns and, and, and all of a sudden they scoop up their children. They run inside and close the shutters. And, you know, it's kind of like when the, the gunslinger comes into town and walks down the main street and everyone's like, oh, here comes death. And they, you know, they start scooping up their children and closing up their windows. And I can see a child laughing or a couple of children laughing because they're playing and lose themselves. Yeah. That kinda same reminds, kind of scene. Kind of reminds me of that movie, A Quiet Place, where it's always quiet. Yeah. And, and the punishment for that sort of thing. Maybe maybe they go to the garden. Maybe they don't go to the rose bush, but maybe they go to the garden and they're forever being served tea in a bush form. Mm. Or maybe they become, you know, they become a topiary or maybe they become a a statue, you know, by the bird bath or maybe they become a toy, you know, a jack in the box. So their head on this spring constantly bobbing back and forth, very much so aware of what's going on. Yep. And the little girl plays with the toys. They become dolls or whatnot. And that's... Uh, Until she tires of them. And yep. then she might turn, well, I'm done with you and I'll send you back. Or I'm done with you, throw it away. It depends on her mood that day. Or they end up being broken because... Which often happens when children play. Yes. So let's move on, shall we? Yeah. So who or what does the culture inflict harm upon? Uh, it sounds like Everyone. one another. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it is a predatory culture because it's it's necessary for survival. That's uh, a simple one. <laughs> yeah. How does the culture treat outsiders? I would think the culture would be very, very welcoming to outsiders for a few reasons. If it's a uh, if it's a band of armed adventurers, this could be my ticket out. Or if we can. If we can get a hold of their stuff, then we're that much more wealthy. Yep. Oh, or if they're here, Candace is paying attention to them and not us. Yes. So we have momentary freedom while she's being entertained or being pissed off by this band of new people. No matter how, whether it's two, three, four, twelve, doesn't matter. As long as she's paying attention to them, they're not paying attention to us. We can move about a little bit more freely. We can do things that we normally couldn't do, even for a little while. And maybe I can please her by making her aware, even though I already know she knows. But I can go and I can let her know. So I curry favor with her. So maybe my me or my children won't become a toy or end up in the garden. A lamp post. <laughs> Good one. What values does the culture hold that not everyone abides by? Well, I, I would have to think we already said that people are going to be hiding coin, being yes. hiding wor- you know, wealth to maybe be able to pay off some of these adventures that come in to, to get them out, to get them out. You know, even if it's just, or you get in, you got in, show me the way out. And I'll give you everything I have. Or if they look powerful enough, perhaps, maybe, just maybe, they have a chance of doing her in. And I think we already answered this. How is the culture exaggerated, a parody, or otherwise unrealistic? Well, it's... Yeah. And uh, how does the culture prevent change? The culture appears to be a giant playset for Candace. Yes. Um, well, it's stagnant. There, yeah. there is no opportunity for change, so that makes it very easy not to change. You are you are dolls in the playset, and mm-hmm. you are nothing nothing more than a plaything. You just happen to be alive, lucky or unlucky. I guess it depends on what your uh, what your view is at that <laughs> time. And uh, what is the general attitude towards the Dark Lord? I think fear. Um, there's probably a healthy dose of loathing, and probably a dabble of terror. Yeah. Especially when you're young. Yes. If you're young, it's not fear, it's terror. Because everything I do, I have to be. You know, you're you have adult like values and expectations put on you from the moment you can understand the words yes and no. Much like the burden that she felt when she was uh a new child. Mm-hmm. Um, it is the same burden that the the youth of her uh, domain now have to now have to carry yep uh because of that pretty 
pretty nice little checklist of questions for uh, a DM to answer. And uh, well, it's nice because it helps flesh out the world around the domain because we've built the domain lord. Now this helps flesh out the, the yes. area around the domain lord. So that's that's nice. I like that very much. Not that I would use a lot of these, but I've been doing this for a while. But this I think is fantastic for a brand new DM or even uh, someone who's moderately experienced and someone who's been running games as long as we have, I'm sure could get benefit certainly from this, this outline for, I can see your experienced game masters that aren't used to this genre. Yes. Yeah. It'd be very, very helpful. So you may have, you know, a good amount of game master chops about you, but you haven't played with this kind of horror genre. Yeah. And that's a, that's a, a good point too. Most of us, I would venture to guess, have done the fantasy stuff. Yeah, quite fan, a bit. Fantasy and high fantasy seems to be the bread and yeah. butter. Uh, horror is a, a different, a different beast in entirely. Much different approach to to things. There's a lot, lot more moving parts. I think that that you have to be mindful of. And with that being said, I don't think you can you can really create a domain of dread in an hour long episode. I, I wholeheartedly agree. I think perhaps just maybe we need to break this up in two pieces. I think you're right. And that's our look beyond the mist of Ravenloft and creating a domain of dread. See you next time in the dojo. That's going to conclude this episode. Thanks for tuning in and listening. Please subscribe to the podcast for more great content. If you'd like to hear a particular topic, you can reach us on Facebook at the Dungeon Masters Dojo. Or you can drop us an email at the Dungeon Masters Dojo at gmail.com. Thank you and have a good day.